Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Dreams Unlimited Travel Podcast. My name is John Magi, and I'm going to be your host this week, and I will be your host this week. I'm a B. <laughs> no, that didn't come out good, did it? Uh, in this episode, we're going to be talking about all the factors that go into choosing the perfect time to vacation at the Walt Disney World Resort. I'm joined at the pa- at the oh my goodness I'm joined at the table by our panel of experts, agent consultant Tracy Heinrich. Hi, everyone. Client services manager Kevin Close. Hi, folks. Chief Executive Officer of Dreams Unlimited Travel, Peter Werner. Hey, everybody. And back in our production facility, we have our producer, Craig Williams. Hello. Excellent. Thank you guys for being here. Um, there's a lot of things that we get asked as a travel agency about helping people plan their trip. And one of the big ones that comes up is, when should I travel? When can I avoid the crowds? When is the weather the best? When is the cheapest to go? And this is a really complex question and a really complex decision to make. So we thought what we try to do is try to break it down and give our insight and our opinions on uh, when would be the best time to travel based on each of these factors. And maybe talk a little bit about some of the things that go into deciding when to travel, when we've de- how we've made our decisions in the past and things like that. So let's jump right in. Um, I think that one of the big questions that everyone should start with, and maybe I'm wrong, is when can you travel? Um, most people are limited. Absolutely. Right? You're limited by maybe yeah. kids in school. Exactly. Or work schedules and different things. So I often have clients say, you know, I can travel anytime. When's the best time? And I'll say, oh, well, this, this, and this. Oh, well, I can't travel then. <laughs> right. <laughs> so that redefines anytime. So you want to think about the things that you know, maybe at work, you know, there's certain times of the year that are more busy for you. You have deadlines or, um, you know, the kids in school is a big one. Uh, There's different things and different reasons for everybody. One of the biggest factors I think that went into us planning trips when we were coming to Walt Disney World was we tried to maximize our time. So we looked at when can we make a three-day weekend into more days at Walt Disney World. When can you attach that to a holiday? If you did that the week before a three-day weekend, you got extra days. Right. So there's all of those factors that go in. I think that's the first thing to to talk about is when can you travel? And to be honest with yourself, listen, uh, I can only go when the kids are in school, when kids are out of school. I can only go on holidays, things like that. Well, I think the other thing people need to keep in mind is that, you know, used to be a lot of people would try and schedule their travel around the crowds. You know, when is it going to be most Mm -hmm. crowded? Well, guess what? It's always crowded. Yeah. It's always crowded now. I think that deserves its own sort of overall conversation for sure is that – and that's why I say start a when can you go because there's going to be a point at which you're going to say it's going to be crowded no matter when you go. Right. My family used to leave Thanksgiving Day because you had Thursday and Friday off and then we would have the whole next week off. We would take the whole next week and that's because there was no one there. The parks were empty. Right. That's yeah. not true anymore. Not yeah. true anymore. We used right. to go in January all the time. Right. We used to go January. used to be the best time. We used to be able to shoot a cannon down Main Street in January and not hit anybody. There were yet. times Magic Kingdom closed at 6, 7 o'clock in the evening. Yeah. And that's just unheard of now. Yeah. So there really is not a time to go when it's not crowded. So it's got to come There's down different to... levels of crowded, but crowded is just the norm now. So it really, I, I think the reason that that's important is that... It now kind of shifts the uh, shifts the focus of when to go based on what's going on in your life. Exactly. Stop thinking about crowds. Yep. I mean, one of the things you can certainly factor in is heat, but we can talk about that. Right. But, you know, really, if you're one of those people who's like, okay, when can I go when it's the least crowded? Well, right now, the way things are in the last two, three years, right. uh, that time doesn't exist. This has become really good at filling in events during less crowded times also. Right. Yeah. Let's bring 200,000 people in a run. Right. And, uh, right. you know. I still think there's a few sweet spots. Mm-hmm. I still think there's that time right at the beginning of September yep. when most kids are going back to school. And I'm not saying it's empty, but I'm saying it feels like there's a little bit less crowds for maybe a few days. I also think there's still that little bit of time after Thanksgiving is over into the first week of December. I think there's that little bit of a, of a grace period there as well. The end of uh, May. The end of May. Yeah. So there's, you know, it's really hard to sort of pinpoint those those times. So as we said, you know, usually it's crowded when kids are out of school. It's crowded during holidays. Um, one of the big decisions that big questions that always comes up, and it seems to be a little bit controversial, happens on the boards quite a bit, is is it okay for me to take my kids out of school for a trip to Walt Disney World? I think the first answer to that is 
talk to your school and your school board because I, I understand that there are a lot of states where it's actually illegal to take your children to school. Correct. And so that's not a factor for us. Um, we are not bound by any kind of laws that say we can or cannot take our kids out of school. Some teachers dislike it more than others. Some will strongly um, discourage it. I can tell you I was always one who took Ben out of school. Um, first of all, we had to travel when it was less crowded. Um, uh, some of you may know my son Benjamin has Asperger's, which is a type of autism. And I found the lessons he got on our vacations were a lot more valuable to his learning than perhaps what he was going to get in the school that week. And not that it was any less important, because I mean, what was happening with school was important. I don't mm-hmm. want to, I don't want to downplay the importance of his teachers and the classroom experience. But we were working on social skills. We were working on many, many different things. I also think it has a lot to do with your children. Absolutely. I there are children yeah. who missing a week of school is not going to change their trajectory. Right. I also think it depends on the age of the children. You know, once Ben got to high school, we had to stop doing that because missing a week of high school was a mm-hmm. lot more intense than we, missing a week of elementary school. And again, this really, uh, to, to further Kevin's point, it really does come down to your kids exactly. and what you know to be true of your yeah. kids. And this is what drives me crazy yeah. when we see it online or on the boards. Other parents telling mm-hmm. people how they should right. raise their kids and how, you know, you know your kids better than anybody. That's a decision you have to make. But as you pointed out, that um, in some states, it is illegal for you to do that. It is illegal for you to pull your kids out of school. I have my own opinions on that because I think it's absolutely insane. But I do know, I believe it was in England, um, They somebody challenged that law and won. And I wonder if that's not going to start over here. If you're talking about the people on the boards, they can get a little judgmental. Oh, absolutely. A little bit. <laughs> About this subject. Right. And a little this bit. It's um, a very controversial subject. It, it is, is. It is. It's very. There's two sides of it. And the problem, I think there's so two such diverse sides because it does depend so much on the children. Right. Exactly. And so, you know, just to understand that what's good for your family may not be good for mine. It doesn't mean either one is right. right. And I mean, so assuming, assuming that you're in a place where you can... Right. Legally pull yep. your children out so of school. So I think school. that's your first question. Can it, I do it without right. being in legal trouble? <laughs> and that gives you and you know, that gives yeah. you some more flexibility. That does it give does. you some more flexibility. Uh, again, you know, where crowds are concerned, you know, you're gonna deal with crowds one way or the other. There are certainly gonna be more crowds at certain times of the year than others, but it's still it's it's you know, fifty shades of gray. And you wanna have a conversation with your children to find out when's a good time for them to be out and when not. Right. You may not know that there's something happening mm-hmm. at school that they're looking forward to. I think a healthy re- uh, relationship with your t- kid's teacher. Right. Yeah. Also helps. Exactly. You know, you know I know listen. when we we had just taken my niece to Alani and she was out of school for, you know, eight or nine days. So it was talking to the teacher weeks ahead and who knew it was coming and a reminder the week before and he had sent some assignments and some things that she would have to take care of during the trip. So, you know, there's some pre planning that can be involved. Was as there well. any was there any uh thing that happened about that? Did she was she behind when no, she went back to school? No, she caught up. She was doing really well. And uh, she w- she actually, as she got the work the week before, worked hard to get it done before she left mm-hmm. so that she could... Um, Have her free time and yeah, play and exactly. sort of enjoy herself. That's completely understandable. The other thing you said, too, which I think is a really good point, uh, we saw this with your niece and nephews when we brought them here, was that um, there's an educational aspect to Disney. Mm, sure. You know, especially Epcot. Mm-hmm. But I think that there's a certain thing that kids can actually benefit from, from a trip to Walt Disney World. It's not just riding roller coasters and right. eating until you get sick. I am, I'm sorry, I, I am surrounded every day in my work by people, very talented people, who came here as kids and were inspired in terms of their career choices, their, mm-hmm. their college choices, what they wanted to do. I mean, one of them, one of them sitting back there right now. And so, you know, there are there are many, many aspects of, you know, bringing your kids here that can be very educational, can be life changing. I had to do a report one time um, for high school about pick a country in Epcot and do a report on that. And it was what could I learn from going to that country? Was that because you were coming here on vacation? Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. Out of school. And one of my assignments was that I had to write a report. 
Yeah, Ben's teachers used to do that too. If there was a writing assignment, maybe he wasn't going to write on whatever the topic that the kids were doing that week, but he would have something different. So, you know, his geography teacher, for example, might have said, you know, you need to do a report on Mexico or whatever. So there was a lot of that that happened. And again, it was just having that conversation with the teachers. And I said, some did not like it. Some strongly discouraged it. And some outright refused to give him work ahead of time and said it's up to him to catch up when he gets back. Hmm. So that was my personal choice. Right. And I made it when it was necessary. We also were careful of the times of year. You know, I wasn't going to take him out when school was first starting. I wasn't going to take him out just as it was ending. You know, there were certain times of the year where right. I figured it wasn't a good idea right. to you take him out. have to be smart out. about it. That's you right. But again, you know, and I think part of the conversation of when to go is how long to go. I get okay. that question a lot. I was gonna say, how long should I go? Let's All right, so let's, from this point forward, let's assume that... Um, People can travel at any time. So let's take that into, into consideration now as we talk yes. to the other things. So yep. go ahead on with how long should you say? You know, that's a real, again, a very personal question. I think it depends if it's a first visit. I think it depends if it's, you know, I get a lot of um, a lot of clients who say, I want to come in um, for five nights. I'd like to do Disney World. I need to get to Universal. If I have time, I'm going to go to Legoland and some, spe- you know, some space center just, while I'm there. Right. And so I really start with, you really need to decide what this, co- what this vacation is going to be. Right. Because I believe a Disney vacation is different than a Central Florida vacation. Yes, very much so. So if it's going to be a Central Florida vacation, then I think it's going to look a little different. Perhaps you're not staying on site for that type of vacation. Maybe you are going to go to Disney for a day or two, but Disney isn't the focus. And that's a very different vacation. So I really try to narrow down what somebody wants out of this vacation. And I really encourage people to try to do that first visit as a Disney-centric vacation. And, you know, where you're more immersed, where you've got the time. People really can underestimate just how much there is to see how big it is, how spread out it is, how much time it can take. You say, yeah, I mean, people also tend to uh, forget the fact that you have to get from place to place. Right. That's right. So if you're staying off property, there's drive time. Even if you're staying on property, now you want to go somewhere else. Yep. I have a conversation with John at least once a week that I don't believe he <laughs> leaves enough time to get from point A to point B. That there is traffic and red lights and other people in the right. world. I also know that for me, you know, especially when I was living in Jersey and planning trips down here, that there's you know when you're planning it there's like oh yeah i want to do this and oh yeah i want to do that and it all looks great on paper yes and then you get here like oh my god i can't do that Uh, it's the people who call you or write to you and say i have a breakfast reservation at mgm a lunch reservation at the magic kingdom and i'm going to have dinner at epcot and you think you're going to spend your day on a bus and it's the same thing with traveling i find first-time travelers or first-time vacationers at Disney um, who sometimes want the deluxe dining plan. I have a conversation about why do you want it. Maybe there's some signature restaurants you want to do and it makes sense. But if you want to do three sit-down meals in a day, that's a lot of time. That is a lot of time commitment yeah. to do three sit-down if you're, meals. If, it's, if you've got young kids or exactly. this is uh, an early in your Disney experience, yep. you're going to think to yourself, I can't spend this much time eating. I truly believe seven to 10 nights is the sweet spot. What is the sweet spot? I really think it's the sweet spot. And I know there's always variances. Um, and, but people will say, well, I can't go to a park for seven days. That's the beauty of it. Mm -hmm. I say get seven to 10 nights because you don't have to go every day, or maybe you can go for half days. And And you are allowed to leave property and go to sea. Exactly. And what we used to do is we used to do, uh, often our trips with Ben, I would do 11, 12 nights if I could because we could spread it out. Mm-hmm. So maybe today we'd start in the morning and we would go to a park until midday, but then the rest of the afternoon might have been at the pool. But I think, I think for the average American visitor, yep. um, you know, 12, day, 12 nights is right. pretty much out of the question. Yes, yeah, uh, absolutely. And, you know, I think it would be now for me too. I think things have changed a lot, I think, in the last, like, you know, Ben's 20 now. Um, I think over the last 10 or 12 years, things have changed a lot. I don't think there's too many people who can take a 12-day vacation anymore. You're um, also talking about the, you know, folks in the U.S. get two weeks vacation. That's true. This is a that's big true. factor in planning it. And then that's I different. talked about people who stretch that time out by yep. adding holidays to it. And that's what we would do, add some weekends yeah. on either end. Right. But, and, and I think people also, you know, they, they'll take a look. Okay, I get two weeks a year. I'll spend a week in Disney. And yep. I, I want that one day after I come back, before yep. I go back to work because everybody hates that Laundry. you know you come back at yeah. 11 o'clock on a Sunday night and at 8 o'clock on a Monday morning you're right. back at work so uh, my, my answer would be really 7 seven to 10 nights is that sweet spot and I think that'll give you I mean most families especially first timers with small kids you need at least two days in the Magic Kingdom you need you know I know th- there's a lot going on at the studios right now but that's a, usually a good day if not day and a half 
Animal Kingdom, there's a lot yeah, going on. Yeah, studios over there. now really and truly is about 20 minutes. It is. Um, <laughs> yeah. For the next little while, you know, I, the studios I actually, is where you're going to go in the morning before breakfast. <laughs> well, I would actually really, unless, unless there's a specific attraction there you need to see, right now, do just do yourself a favor yeah. and use that time. Well, there's, there's two no, groups just, of people that are going there. So the two groups are the Star Wars people, uh, the Star Wars fans, and then there's still the whole Disney Junior thing for the, the just toddlers. Just going to say, we so have there's some still folks a couple in interests over there. Yeah. But right now, I would say it's a half day park at best. We just had some friends in town, and the studios and the Magic Kingdom were their favorite. They went back to both. I think it, it depends on what interests you. Yeah. There was a Star Wars component yeah. and yeah. a Toy Story Mania component. So it's it. Right. we can see that there's less to do because of what they're doing. But there are people who will find the stuff to do. I think for me the problem is, is that I remember you know, back in the day, I loved that park. I used to really look forward to my day, you know, planning my day in, in, in Hollywood. Well, then it was in MGM Studios. It's and now nice. it just seems like a shell of its former self. And I, I know that it's it's going through it's going through transition. It's going to be amazing when it's done. But for me right now, I I look at it. I think about going to Hollywood Studios. I'm like, okay, you know what? Yeah. yeah. I think I'd rather be over at Epcot. I think I'd rather be at the Magic <laughs> Kingdom um, because that's where I can get more. I don't like I don't like playing in constructions on construction sites. You also have a different. Uh, you have a different set of concerns than I think some people have in that your time there is much more valuable. Like you're not there on vacation to sort of stroll around and – No, but I'm smoke. talking about from the standpoint of when I just want to go hang out in a park just and I'm not working. Um, when I just want to go hang out in a park, that is the very bottom of my list. Yeah, I could see that right now. Sure. You know, it's really Magic Kingdom, Epcot, Animal yeah. Kingdom, Hollywood Studios. Yeah. That's my list in order of preference right and, now. And, you know, just quickly, I'll just sum up with the, with the length of time. I think you want to give yourself enough time that you are building in downtime. That's important. You know, don't underestimate the afternoon break from the park. Even if you're adults, leaving a park and taking a break and maybe having a swim or maybe just doing something else, don't underestimate how important that is. And having that couple extra nights allows you the freedom to do that. Absolutely. So you're not going not steady hard panicked. for four or five. Yes. I'm panic that why are, yes. we, why are we spending an hour by the pool when we should right. be in line for something? Right. All right. So we've said that now time is not a consideration. You have as much time as you want. Um, we've talked about crowds and that pretty much any time you come is crowded. So those are no longer factors in our little discussion here. I think one of the next things to talk about is cost. I just want to go back to crowds for just a second. Okay. And there's a good rule of thumb. If your kids are out of school, right. it's crowded. It's crowded. Yeah. It's more crowded. And if it's the week between Christmas and New Year, New Year or Easter week, it becomes what we call stupid crowded. Yeah. 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 Well, it's just like the crowded meter, right? There's like stupid crowded, uncontrolled crowded, barely manageable crowded. It, right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's just, like I said, shades right. of gray. Um, right. Before we go to cost, let's, can we just talk a little bit about temperature? Okay. That was my next on my list, but we'll go with that first. Okay. Oh, okay. We'll, mean, do we'll, do no, we'll do weather. No, we'll do weather. You know, one of the things I think we all hear all the time is I can't go in summer. I can't. It's too hot. It's too hot. Now, for, but as we were just saying, based on schools and when yep. you can – sometimes it's the only time you can go. And that's when your planning has to, Absolutely. Be, has to be around, okay. That starts at home already. That starts at your 180 days when you're making your dining reservations. That starts right from the beginning when you're dealing with weather because weather is a whole different concern. And I think I can say for my family, um, when we know we're there during the hot weather, it changes things considerably. We're up early in the morning. So we're taking advantage of extra magic hour mornings sometimes. Um, we're trying to, you know, by 1 o'clock, we're out of the park. Maybe we're going back in the evenings. So that's the first thing we do. We try to plan our day so that we're not in that hottest part of the day. Right. Um, the other thing we do is we tend to then plan our dining. Maybe we're having a sit-down lunch as opposed to a dinner and then going off. A chance to cool down. A chance to cool down control. without that, you know, there's some great quick service restaurants but they also can be quite chaotic. Right. So we like having that, sometimes that lunch reservation. So now I'm done my day around 1 o'clock, and I'm going to take a break. Well, first I'm going to have a nice relaxing lunch. Well, we, Kevin and I usually say, we want to go someplace where people will bring me the food. That's exactly right. I want to yeah. hunt and gather my own exactly. food. Hunt and gather, yes. That's exactly because true. the parks, we just have to be honest, they can be stressful. Sure. Yep. Uh, trying to make sure that everybody's doing what they want to do and that 
everybody yeah. in your group is together and no one was left in a store and where do we go next? It's just – it's not always the most relaxing vacation. Well, generally speaking, generally speaking, um, just taking a look at average temperatures in Orlando throughout the year, uh, January through March – is uh, in the 70s mm-hmm. on average is the Usually high. low humidity at that time. <laughs> low humidity. Uh, April is when it starts to warm up, April and May, and that's when the humidity comes. And the humidity is, I think, for me, more important than the I heat. I agree. I can be in heat yep. and be okay. The humidity is what zaps your energy. And that's where that, you know, when you were talking about, you know, in the morning and in the evening, yep. avoiding the hottest part of the day, that's critical if you're one of those people who... You know, of course, June is when the oven is at 450. Exactly. Um, June, July, August, and September uh, all have uh, an Actually, average August range. August and September, the humidity and the temperatures are usually the highest in Orlando. And you know, that's when you're you know you're in the 90s. It starts to come down again in October, November, and December. Right. Now this year, this past year, I know December was very warm. Right. We didn't start cooling off until January, mm-hmm. but here we are at the toward the end of April, and it's still actually pretty nice. Right, we're recording this a little bit ahead of time, yeah. so oh, that's right. Yeah, this um, will be shown. I'm later. dating it. That's but. okay. But yeah, we had a, we had a very nice, pleasant April. <laughs> we had a um, warm winter this year. We did. I mean, there are times people that were always shocked when they come to Florida and they find out that we go down into the 30s. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it, it was happens. A, one of the nicest winters since I've been here. I've just mm-hmm. and I'm just surprised at how the temperatures have been. I'm kind of hoping maybe we'll have a mild summer, but you know. So the weather is one of those things like crowds. It's one of those things that you can kind of plan for because you know roughly when things are going to happen. There's always exceptions. And you just have to plan for it. You have to plan around it. There's nothing you can do about it. I have to tell you if you're one of those people, I'm going to talk about myself. Being hot and sticky makes me cranky. Mm-hmm. I and that is just blown out of proportion when you're in the magic kingdom and there's eight billion people around you and they're all hot and cranky so if you know that about yourself it's really something to keep in mind and then what you want to focus on if you know school's the issue and temperature is the issue then you're going to be looking at president's week uh in february you're going to be looking at spring break usually in march or around easter some schools Um, have winter breaks right if you're going to be looking at uh you know well if you're in new jersey you'll look at teachers week in november Mm -hmm. um and then of course you know you can always travel over the uh christmas Christmas holidays holidays. um So, I mean, those are the area, the, the time frames you're going to want to be here if, the, if, if school if, is an issue. And if it is summer and you have to be here during the heat, there are things that you can do. As I said, you just plan around it. It all comes to planning. Um, we like that we don't have a sit-down dinner at dinner before we're heading back to the parks. So maybe we'll leave our dinner plans a little more lax so that perhaps we're going to eat at the resort before we leave or maybe a quick service. So, you know, it's just a matter of planning for it. And again, you know, some people aren't bothered by the heat. Some people mm-hmm. love it. The hotter, the better. And so, yeah. you, again, it comes back to you know your family and you know what's going to work. And uh, we just plan for it. Before we move off weather, we have to address hurricane season. Well, oh, I was yes. going to say, one of the things that we didn't talk about really was the summer rains. Okay, so we've got a plan that every day in the summer it's going to rain. Mm-hmm. This is not a big deal. Don't freak out. Don't think you have to leave a park during the rain. Go inside for the time it takes for the rain to finish and then go about your day. But again, we have to talk about the dreaded hurricane season. I just want to – I don't mean to keep going back. But during the rains, everybody should know that in Florida, when you hear the thunder, you should go inside. Right. Storms in Florida move faster than they did when I lived in upstate New York. Because we live on a peninsula – Storms go racing across our state pretty quickly, and it's not uncommon to have seventeen or eighteen hundred lightning strikes in a half hour storm. So, if you hear thunder, you should go inside. Absolutely, safety first. Yep, we want you to be safe, but know that you don't have to run out of the park and right. try to get back. Because chances resort. are, it's going to be over in twenty minutes. Right. All right. So the dreaded H word, hurricane. Right. Everyone's worried. What well, if I'm there and there's a hurricane? What do I do? Are things going I'm to trying be to remember down? the last time it affected this area. And I remember I was coming down for my sister's wedding. 2004? Yeah, say, that would be been, about right. I was going to say, oh, it's over 10 years since we've yeah. had a major hurricane. And I mean, to be I honest, we're due. But here's the thing hurricanes don't sneak up on us. No. Right. It's not a tornado, 
it's not a it's like a snowstorm we the news here we call it crisis music mm-hmm. if it's raining in africa the news here talks about it as a potential life-threatening storm right the wave is going to hit so, us we're going to have a hurricane it's not that they sneak up on us and it's very rare that they are the destructive forces that Katrina or Andrew are. Sure. So hurricanes here in Central Florida are usually bad, bad, bad thunderstorms. And from what I understand about them, don't they? Once they make landfall, don't they dissipate in strength as they get further depending inland? Depending on the storm, depending so, on the yes. strength of the storm. I mean, usually, the, the storm has to hit pretty strong yeah. on the coast for it still to be really strong by the well, central. Yeah, and normally they don't come on land here. Right. Uh, and, you know, in in the area where Orlando is, they're usually going to come on. They're going to make landfall down in the south of South Florida, uh, that's or up why in my, the Panhandle, or in the Pan. But more likely down. That seems to be the normal trajectory. They come up like past Cuba, right? And they start making landfall somewhere either on the Gulf, southern part of the Gulf Coast, or um, down by Miami, which is why Miami gets hit so hard. And then, but that being said. Uh, back in 2004, we had three major storms in a yep. very, very short span of time. All of them made landfall in South Florida, and all of them were still a Category 3 when the eye passed over downtown Orlando. I remember it well. I just bought this house. Um, and that was a nightmare summer for us. Yeah. I mean, because we just couldn't catch a break. Right. During the last one, during Francis. We were staying in a hotel so we could all stay together. And the only grocery store that was open, we make jokes about this, we did our grocery shopping at the Animal Kingdom Lodge DVC store. Mm -hmm. That was the only thing that was open. Yeah. But I think what happens is I think that the news is a a problem. And I think this whole, you got to be prepared for a hurricane. People are very worried about traveling during that time of year. Let's talk about when is hurricane season. That's not going to make you happy when we tell you. No, I know. It's so my understanding is January first to December thirty first. <laughs> exactly, and it typically basically is like any time from like May mid, to November. It's actually right? it's actually mid June through mid November is normally. Uh, and then and they would and you would be told in this area August September to be considered the most active. Uh, September October okay. I, I think is really where it's more. Yeah. And uh, isn't that why focused? they first introduced free dining? Remember we years ago. No, because free dining. I think free dining ultimately was a response to nine eleven. Okay, um, and uh, because then it was all because it was always those September that September well, month. Those are always light months anyway. Again, right. school weather. People are scared, scared of hurricanes, and then you're yeah. right. September 11th more is than really the weather late. with a hurricane. You have to plan around your travel plans. Right. Dealing with the rain and the wind here, you can either go inside or stay in your hotel. There are ways around it. However, a hurricane can mess up your travel plans pretty badly because then that means flights are canceled and things like that. So you really have to be aware of that. I would be less concerned about the weather effects than the effects on travel. (laughs) Agreed. Um, I was going to say one more thing about that and I forgot what I was going to say. About hurricanes. Oh, one of the things I do want to mention is that... Hurricanes are bad. They are bad. (laughs) That's going to be our tagline. (laughs) People are Hashtag. very much concerned about, you know, will I be safe? Walt Disney World is probably the safest place you can stay during a hurricane. I mean, these are new constructed buildings built with the highest standards of, you know, construction equipment and from materials. What, from what I understand, uh, and I could be completely wrong on this, but I remember hearing this at some point, that building codes in Florida require that buildings be able to withstand a category three uh, and Disney is built to withstand a category five and that's what I understand a five for sure and, so and I don't that, believe we've ever had a five here no, in Orlando not, make, not, not, right. not here I mean it certainly has happened in, in South More Florida coastal but not here regions. Um, yeah and you got to remember that you know Orlando is a good distance from the coast we're in the middle of the state so these storms are weakened by the time they get here that being said Sometimes sure. that's a difference between 120 mile an hour winds and 170 mile an hour winds. So at some point, it's all academic. But I know that during major storms, um, the Disney resorts just withstood everything beautifully, and they did a wonderful job taking care of people. They did. Disney has plans in place for what they do during this. There probably is no better or safer place. Look, I'll tell you, during, um, I think it was Charlie. That's where my family was. That's where my family was. We had no power here for a week. 
I was on property. Char- the hurricanes also different are, are different from one to the next. Charlie was very small, but it was very fast and very Everyone. powerful. Hurricane Francis was a storm the size of Texas, and it lasted for four and a half days. However, it was like a really bad thunderstorm. Well, the issue with Charlie was that we hadn't had a major storm like that in quite a while. And this is the issue we're going to have now. Uh, this doesn't affect property as much as the residential areas. But what happens is is when there isn't a storm for a while, the root systems of the trees aren't really, you know, they're not as strong. They're not as strong as when they have to deal with, with that. So you had a lot of trees here that, you know, didn't have strong enough root systems. So they were being knocked into houses, cars, power lines. Most of central Florida lost power for a week. And so on the subsequent hurricanes that came, it wasn't as bad because those weaker trees had already been taken care of. So, But we haven't had one of those storms now in, like we said, over 10 years, over 13 years. So the next one we have, we got to be mindful of the fact that – There's also tree pruning. If the trees aren't pruned, then branches fall and things like that. There are tree services here in Florida that will come and hurricane-proof your trees, meaning they just thin them out. Right. They got the branches. So I, I think my point I want to say is you should never be afraid to travel during hurricane season. You should yeah. be leery of it. You should be aware of it. You should think about alternate plans. But never say, I'm not going to travel because it's going to be terrible. A tornado pops up without warning. Right. You might, If you're lucky, you'll get a minute and a half warning. Hurricanes are not like that. You should know before you travel. All right. So the next thing that I think is a major factor for most people is the cost. You know, well, how much is it going to cost? Is it cheaper to come certain times of year? Um, Disney has created the seasons of pricing. However, we also think that those follow pretty much the same logic as everything else. When you want to come, it's expensive. When you look at <laughs> you when, yeah, when you it's look be crowded at, hot and it's going to be expensive. When you look at pricing charts, it can be mind-boggling and crazy. I'm looking at one now, yeah. Yeah, and it's insane. You know, this day of the week, if the moon's shining bright, and then, you know, it's crazy. So I think a rule of thumb is if you can only travel during a certain time because that's when your kids are out of school, that's when Disney's charging you the most. Well, I'll just to further that point, um, looking at uh, for moderate resorts. I mean, the times of year are all the same. The, the, the seasons are all the same regardless of the resort category, but the price is Actually, obvious. that changes, if you can believe it or not. Does yeah, it really? It didn't does. used to, but it does now. If so, like, deluxe crazy. resorts may have a different season than moderate resorts. Okay, so I'm so taking it, a look at yeah. moderate here. Um, you have value season from January 3rd through the 6th, uh, marathon weekend. Mm-hmm. And the price jumps by about $30 a night for Marathon Weekend, and that's January 7th through the 9th. Then you go back to value season from the 10th to the 14th. Then it's Martin Luther King Weekend, the 15th through the 17th, back to value season from January 18th through February 6th. February 7th through the 10th is regular season. February 11th is peak season. (laughs) And then President's Weekend, 12th to the 14th. Um, and then peak season again, the 15th through the 20th of February. So if you take a look, now I'm looking at the Diz here. So if you take a look at these seasons, that's when you can basically divine when Disney is predicting their crowds will be higher and when their crowds will be lower. That's not unusual to Disney, though. I mean, if you book no, a hotel in New York City, you pay far less when, uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday sure, right. than sure. you do Friday. Saturday, no, price yielding Friday. is price yielding yeah. is absolutely industry wide. The other thing to keep in mind with pricing and you know what you're reading there, it refers to resort rate, and for the average family, rack rate, rack rate right. right, rack rate. But your for the average family, the cost of the resort is the least expensive part of the package. Exactly. So your tickets are still the same price. Your dining is still the same price. For a while there, they had different dining prices based on the season. Holiday dining. I, right. Holiday dining. I think they've almost done away with that now. Um, there might be a little bit of that still. But for the most part, the rest of your components are the same price. It's just your resort room rate. Right. So that, for most families, is the smallest part of that package price. Right. Now, those going, obviously, into deluxe and villa resorts, that changes. Um, but for at a value moderate level, the resort room rate is really not... That, for most people, isn't the deciding factor in your decision. You've already had to figure out when you can go, when you can get the kids out. You're worried about weather. 
that's kind of down the list a little bit. That's I think. why when Disney does promotions, you know, you'll see a commercial that says starting at $89 a night. Right. And people think, wow, I can go to Disney for $89 a night. No, you can't. No, you really can't. No. And for two days in January, before <laughs> after the race and before Martin Luther King weekend. If you stay in your room <laughs> yeah. and eat cheese and ice chips. <laughs> so, you know, uh, and also the other thing, too, is you got to look for things like discounts. And while we all want to hope and pray that discounts will come out on some kind of regular schedule, they're not going to. No. You know, the big buzz is free dining. When will we see free dining? We'll see free dining when Disney determines that it's beneficial to them that those resorts are not f- uh, full enough. We saw it this upcoming summer. There's a big push for deluxe resorts, big discount for deluxe resorts. So Disney is determining this ahead of time to fill their resorts. So I don't think it's really – I know people do this all the time. I'm going to book a trip in September because I know free dining is going to come out. And then when it doesn't come out for their dates, they're upset. So – it's tough to do it around discounts. It, yeah. So a couple things about discounts. First of all, I find each year they're harder to come by. Mm-hmm. I have guests and clients who are traveling this year who've always traveled on a discount, and this year we're not able to. There's just there's been nothing available. It's not available for their resorts, even if they look at changing, you know. Or often the discounts that have come out now are uh, room discounts, so discounts off the room price. And as I said, that's for a lot of people the smallest part of the package. So discounts just aren't as large as they used to be. When something like free dining comes out, uh, we noticed it last year, and I think it's going to be the same, if not worse, this year. It was so limited (laughs) to the resorts, to the room types. There's so many variables involved that it can be really hard to find a way to qualify. Mm -hmm. So my suggestion always is to people, you really need to book at a rate that you're comfortable with. If a promotion comes out, then bonus, bonus, bonus right? Then it's, it's extra money. It's unexpected. Or maybe now you're going to look at, okay, now with a discount, let, have a look at a deluxe resort. Maybe right. now I can decide to upgrade, but really book at a price you're comfortable with. Because while I can promise you, our team, we work hard when discounts are released. We work together as a team. We try to get discounts for everybody we possibly can. We look at different ways to do it. We look at, you know, all the different factors involved, but sometimes it's just not available. Yep. It's true. Absolutely. All right. Uh, Pete, you touched on this for a little bit. I think the next component of picking when to travel is around Disney's events. You mentioned that marathon weekend is more expensive because the marathons have become so popular. Huge. People come here just to, to race. Yeah. Just to participate in the marathon. So I know I do. <laughs> Kevin does all the time. I did. And it's I'm not just the people runner. it's not just the people coming to participate in the marathon. It's the people coming to cheer them on cheer and support them. Right. them. Absolutely. I think there's probably even more of them yep. uh, that come in for those weekends. Yep. And that's one of the reasons the price spikes up so high. So and one of the things that Disney's done now is there's multiple marathons throughout the year. So we can't just say January is now marathon time. It's January, it's March, it was in November, November. it's the food and wine. Um, right. The wine and dine. The wine and dine. Yeah. Didn't we just have a Star Wars one? Like Star Wars just happened. Craig did that one. Mm-hmm. Um, so there, the marathons. January, I think, is the biggest. Mm-hmm. That's when the biggest crowds come. But they're happening throughout the year as well. Now, one thing about the marathons, they typically affect the weekend. Uh, I find a lot of people who come in for marathons on a regular basis. They're coming in for the weekend for the marathons. They don't often spill out into the before and after weeks. Because so, they usually happen on weekends when there's no right. holiday. Yeah. So they have and to so, come in on a Friday night and leave Sunday night. That's right. And so if you see a marathon is happening when you're going to be here for your vacation, I don't want you to think that it's going to you know, affect, over, the, whole week. affect the whole week. Right. It's really, it's really that kind of period of time. Um, you know, the, over the weekend that typically it's affecting. And by weekend, often there'll be races on the Friday. So depending, like I know in January, the big races, I think they're Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, but generally speaking, it's a Friday, Saturday kind of thing. Yeah, and these races also happen so early in the morning right. that unless you're going to the park at 5 a.m., which you should never be doing that anyways, uh, it, it'll have no real effect except the crowds are higher there once are the some parks that are open. go at night because it, it, as a local, those marathons can really mess with traffic. 
Well, they usually start setting up at night. Maybe that's what I'm yeah, thinking. Yeah, they set yeah. up the, yeah. the stanchions and the that's right. places where you go. One of the big things that happens actually in Orlando, it's not necessarily Disney, is Mardi Gras at Universal. Um, this is a big drug for a lot of people. It's really become a big event for people to come to. Um, again, we can't predict every year when it's going to happen because it's a floating date, but we know it's going to be in February. Um, but Universal has stretched this out now where Mardi Gras is what? 18 months a year? How many months a year? <laughs> Essentially. It's right. uh, typically anywhere from February through April. If uh, summer is looking like it's going to be weak because of construction, then they'll extend it through to May. Uh, right. We cannot yeah. make fun of Universal for this. Because yeah. Nikki's know, Halloween party starts in June. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. But I think that, that this is something that people come for. Yeah. People recognize yeah. and want to come And, for. you know, with other Disney events, you've got uh, Flower and Garden. Uh, which is happening in April, May. I think it starts sometime that, in March. Would you notice a huge difference in influx of people for Flower and Garden? I don't think so. I I know I do know there are some people who come well, every year because of it. Well, right, because it, the, the, it goes on for so long. That's, that's right. really spread out, as opposed to a, a marathon right. where it's you know, all concentrated it, on a I weekend. I think if it happened over a couple of weeks, you would notice a concentration of people. But I think because it's, it's spread out over several, there are people who come just for it. Yeah, but I don't, I've, never known, I've never thought to myself, I've got to get out of the flower and garden crowd. Oh, no, I, I especially, yeah, especially now with, uh, with the introduction over the last year or two of the food booths and stuff, I think they've really elevated flower people and garden. People love that. They do. So I find that it can, it can get crowded. Yeah. It can be very similar to food and wine as far as the food booths and, and things happening. This is also, we're also not mentioning these to avoid these times. No, of no. Year. We're saying, we're saying that these are, you know, this is right. your interest. It's a great time to go for your ticket admission to have something extra. Right. Uh, food and wine, I alluded to in the fall. Um, you know, food, uh, food and wine is one of my favorite times of year to come. I really enjoy the Food and Wine Festival. So again, it's just something extra that happens for that cost of admission. So. One of the things Disney's done this year is they've added these extra parties, these mm-hmm. after-hours parties, these early morning events. So that's something that they're using to sort of fill the days that might not be as <laughs> busy, but it might be something you want to consider coming for specifically. Uh, Pete had a chance to go to the after-hours event, and I know he enjoyed it very much. And it could be something that you might plan your trip around. Oh, well, I'll, I'll tell you, you know, remains to be seen if Disney's going to continue doing these because they're not filling them. Uh, but I think once word gets out, really gets out, and people start experiencing this, I'll be honest. Now, granted, $150. Right. It's a lot of money. But you have the park to yourself basically for three hours. You can get into the park at 7 p.m. Uh, for us, it was uh, we got in at 7 and the event ran through until 2. And from 11 to 2, that's when only people that have paid for the after-hours event can get on attractions. And you have la- a really nice lanyard, and the entire park is open. Right. Every attraction. So this is the only time you're going to experience Seven Dwarfs Mine Train as a walk-on. You want to ride Mine Train 12 times? Knock yourself out. Pirates of the Caribbean, Haunted Mansion, uh, Space Mountain, everything was a walk-on. Stores are open. Some restaurant locations are open. Ice cream and soft drinks are free. Um, yeah. And it was it was incredible. No, I, it was a great party. And I saw people walking out with 12 well, bottles of water. That's the whole thing. Is it wasn't even a party. It was just an after. It was after hours. Yeah. Twelve bottles of water. Twelve bottles of water. So at three dollars okay. a pop, that's thirty six bucks right yes, there. I knew, but if you go out to Walgreens, it's a dollar eighty nine. Twelve bottles of water is heavy. Well, you got, I mean, it's all relative. It's all relative. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's, that's right. <laughs> if I were staying on Disney property, every cargo pocket would be full of water <laughs> <laughs> in my jacket. I'll, I'll just throw it out there. It was the new guy's uh, partner that. Was hoarding water. <laughs> oh, how sad! <laughs> oh. You know when Disney first first paycheck announced- hasn't arrived yet. <laughs> when Disney first announced these parties, I often think, "What's the intention? What is the intention?" I kind of thought it seemed to me that this is a way for them to give off-site guests or day guests access to what resort guests have these, you know, extra magic hours. Plus. Because there's less people, there's, you know, so it's a way to kind of start charging for an amenity that resort saying, guests get that for a free. Altruistically, I don't think it's Disney's opportunity to give anybody. No, anything. no, no. Yeah, that's true. That's true. You're right. But I think what it is is and not the Red Cross. To me, it's the first step. It's the first because we're talking about you know, are they going to re- introduce resort fees and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So okay, to me, I don't it was have this conversation. Anymore. It was kind of like you know. 
look, these people have to pay to be here after hours, but you as a resort guest, you know, you get it included or you get it for $12 a night or whatever it's going to be. So it would be interesting to see. I think there's a bigger picture about those no parties. No question. Un- understand that um, with some of the corporate changes that have happened, um, the guard is changing mm-hmm. in Burbank. And right now, um, the new guard is very much about cost-cutting and is very much about finding new revenue opportunities. Um, And some people may be like, well, weren't they doing that already? Yes, but not like this. They were doing it in a very Disney way. Not anymore. And now it seems very corporate. Well, that's because because it's uh, it's, it's really being driven by... The man that came on to the board with the acquisition of Marvel, I think it was Perlmutter is his name or something like that. Uh, he is notorious for that cut, for cut and slash. And so, you know, the overruns at Shanghai just gave him an opportunity to really push that culture into Disney. And so that's what we're seeing now. That's what we're seeing. So we will see more of this. Because um, that's what we're hearing as well is that this is just the very beginning. Yeah, it's the way it of, feels. And can I tell you, I'm hearing, I hear you guys, you talking on the, you know, on the other show as well about cost cutting and and about how Shanghai is doing this and there's cutbacks and cutbacks. And I was thinking, oh, okay, you know, this sucks, that sucks. It's kind of some affects me, some doesn't. I stayed at a resort last night and I found out where cost cuts are affecting me and I'm outraged. Uh-oh. They are no longer putting shower gel in the rooms. There was no shower gel in my room. It was just shampoo. You stayed at a moderate resort. I stayed at a moderate. Shampoo, conditioner, and a bar of soap. And it just happened that shortly after I got there, a manager knocked on my door. I think he was from housekeeping. He was just doing a check. And he was surprised to see me. And I said, "Um, there's no shower gel in the room. He goes, oh, we stopped about a month ago. And I said, oh, all the moderates and values? He goes, no, all of the resorts. Oh, I all know of the resorts. Oh, no shower gel. So I said, so one family's all going to bathe with a, bar, with a bar of soap? What's happening here? So I'm outraged. I think I have to write somebody. <laughs> okay. A lot of families so, do that. I realize that. Put some water on your wrist and calm down. I realize so, that for you, it's yeah. an issue. So we're all affected by cutbacks differently. That exactly. was a big one for me. They're going to make a, a lifetime movie of your experience. Yeah, they are. They, really they are. It was very dramatic. One bar of soap. But the good news is that manager went. Nancy McKeon is going to play. Not without my body gel. No, no. No, I want Meredith Baxter Bernie. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. The lifetime professional. Um, so he went and he found me. He said, this is the last thing of shower gel in the whole hotel. And I'm like, first of all, I don't believe you because that shower gel is normally not given at this hotel. That's only given at the deluxes if you stay at a certain level. I he's bet like, he's glad oh. he helped you. He's like, you, yeah, really? he's like, you know your like, shower okay. gel. Okay, witch, so. here's the shower gel. <laughs> yeah. No, I was very appreciative. Use the soap. But, but the point is, <laughs> the point is, apparently, the, no, I haven't stayed deluxe yet. I don't know how true he is being, but apparently shower gel is gone. So cutbacks, they're hurting everyone. <laughs> and just a tip. Bring shower gel. Really? Well, that was well, the thing. I didn't because I was staying. Thanks, Shanghai. <laughs> I can report it. The last time I stayed at the Polynesian, just last just week, recently, it had shower gel. It did stuff. have shower gel. I, I, I used the shower what's gel. Happening is, I think the resorts are going through their. De- they're their, not buying anymore. Maybe. Yeah, I think that's what's happening. He supply. kind of alluded to the fact that they're going through supplies. Don't you have hundreds of them home that you've taken from past trips? Well, I'm worrying about how I'm going to keep You do know they do sell it. Let's let's finish up events. We talk about these parties and the and the after hour stuff. Something that Disney's offered for years that's very popular. It's a very popular time to travel. Is Halloween. Mm-hmm. The Halloween parties are extremely popular. People love them. There's other stuff to do at Halloween time here in Central Florida. And it's actually become a time where people have make it specifically when they want to come and visit. It's also an overlap. There's food and wine. Yep. There's Halloween. You might get lucky and hit a Christmas party. Well, I was just gonna say. You could hit a Halloween party and a Christmas party right. the same week if you time yeah. it right. Yeah. <laughs> just something to keep in mind. The Halloween parties, the closest to Halloween, usually sell out fairly quickly. That is yes. True. And Halloween night will sell out, always. And there's other stuff going on in Orlando. Uh, Universal's big for Halloween, so mm-hmm. that's a big draw in and of itself. Sea World does a big thing. Well, Sea World does a thing for Halloween. 
And again, that overlaps with the food and wine festival. They do their spooktacular party. They do their spooktacular party. And it also overlaps with the Swan and Dolphin Food and Wine Classic mm-hmm. has become uh, something people want to come to year after year. The fall has one of, always been one yeah. of our favorite times to come, especially as adults, um, you know, with the food and wine. And then there used to be the, the festivals, Festival of the Masters. We used to. Mm-hmm. Well, that's because, that. that's because yeah, Downton yeah, Disney, Disney is changing now. So I, maybe we'll see that again sometime. Um, and then. Christmas, the Christmas parties. Bring I get asked right a lot, Christmas. when when do I come for the Christmas decorations? Even though the Christmas parties start early in November, the rest of the resort is not decorated for Christmas yet. Typically, I think it starts to happen around Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving. week, so that when, if you came for Thanksgiving, I believe for the most part, mm-hmm. some things are happening, and then just after Thanksgiving ends is when the special Christmas things happen. Um, there used to be kind of a hard... Fast line, right? No decorations, and the next day there were decorations, right? They've gotten away from that. Yeah, now it kind of they slowly start to show up. So I would say right at the beginning of December, end of November is when you're really going to start to see that happen. Candlelight processional will start happening. Some of the special Christmas activities. Christmas is a great time to be here. Oh, one Absolutely of my a great time to be here. But again, you're talking about all the other factors involved. There's high crowds. There's high price. Yeah. Um, however, weather-wise, it's some of the best weather you're going to experience. The other thing so. we on the other end of Christmas decorations, we used to see them gone. Right. New Year's Day. Oh my God! This year it was. We were here in the third late week of January, January right. and they were still here. We used to always come the first week of January, uh, and. We'd usually you'd get here the first day or two, you'd see the decorations, and then the next morning they were just gone. Right. That's not. You'd the case see those anymore. little hooks that hold the Christmas balls on, and that was it. Yeah. All right. Is there anything we missed as far as when to travel that we didn't cover? As far cover? as Christmas, just one thing. If you want to see the Christmas decorations, you want to be involved in all of that, but don't want the crowds, come that week leading up into Christmas starting. So, like the week that's going to end around. 2021st, usually that week's a pretty good time where you can enjoy all the Christmas stuff and the crowds aren't unbearable yet. Yeah. And if you're thinking about coming for um, the Flower and Garden Festival, it looks better towards the end, the middle to the yes. end of the Flower and Garden Festival if everything's had a chance to fill in. Mm-hmm. Excellent. 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 All right. Thank you, guys. We hope everybody got something out of that. Um, again, a very sort of complex discussion to have and a lot of things to consider when you're going to travel to Walt Disney World. Um, each week, we like to end our show with what we call our agent spotlight. Um, starting from this point forward, we're going to start talking about some of our staff members. Uh, we didn't want to leave our staff out of the spotlight, so I've asked folks who are not exactly our agents but have other roles within our company to share with me their bio so that we can highlight them. And the first one we're going to start with is Donna Lefevre. Uh, Donna is actually one of the owners of Dreams Unlimited Travel, along with Pete Werner and myself. Donna lives in New Jersey with her husband, Joe. She has a daughter, Vani, and three grandchildren. Donna primarily works with the payment team. She says they're a great group of special people. I don't believe her. That handle all of the payments. Hey, my <laughs> sister is one of those people. Oh, Did she make air quotes when she, she said yeah. special? No, they actually. No, that's terrible. Our payments yes, our team, payment team is really work the stellar. hardest of anybody really in our team. Those girls, they are, they are phenomenal. Yeah, they're incredible. Yeah, you group. think of all of our agents and all the reservations we have, they touch them all at some point. Exactly. Uh, Donna has visited Walt Disney World many times, but her passion is uh, Disney Cruise Line, having done too many to count. Uh, There's nothing better than a beautiful sunny day on Castaway Cay. Being part of uh, Dreams Unloaded Travel from its beginning in 1999 and watching its growth to what it's become today, she has a great, it has been a great experience and a big part of Donna's life. And that's apparently Donna's uh, prom picture. (laughs) (laughs) She dresses like that every day. That's that's just a Tuesday for Donna. That's the Tuesday years. Excellent. So if you ever call the offices, you call our toll-free number, you might get Donna on the phone. Say hi to Donna for me. Um, That'll do it for this episode. Thank you, everybody, for participating. I really appreciate it. Thank you, everybody at home, for watching and listening. We hope you have a great week, and we hope you have a great vacation.